we're studying, the traits or the virtues of a godly character, a proven character. These are the qualities or the virtues that God wants to develop in all of his children and that can only be developed in a child of God by the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and by the life of Christ that's in us. Many of these virtues and traits, they do have their natural counterparts that are often we use the same names to talk about certain personality traits. But remember, we're talking about biblical character traits that only the Spirit of God can produce in us. And the way you can tell them apart from the natural ones and the spiritual ones is that these godly traits are always exercised and manifested in the context of knowing and doing the will of God. And that's the important difference. We've considered the virtues of alertness, availability, boldness, commitment, compassion, and contentment thus far. These are all things that God wants to work in us. And remember, these are the things that Jesus will be looking for when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ as the children of God. It's one thing to know about the offer that God gives all of his children to sit in the throne with Jesus Christ, to rule and reign with him. It's one thing to know about ranks in the resurrection and the bride of Christ and those precious, essential doctrines that the Apostle Paul handed down to us. It's one thing to know them, but obtaining to that place is not a matter of just knowing the doctrine. It's a matter of allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us and to change us from glory to glory until we allow him to bring us to that highest glory that will be revealed in eternity. And so these virtues, they touch on some very practical aspects of our life. But this is what it means to submit to the will of God. This is what it means to have the grace of God teach you to live godly. So this is the standard by which we are all going to be judged. So what does it mean to have a godly character? As believers in Jesus Christ, this should be our desire. I want to have a character that's been proven, that is, that goes through the tests of time and the test of standing before the judgment seat of Christ and being approved for reward, the highest reward in glory. So our character matters. At my grandson's middle school graduation ceremony, I heard a number of quotes from a number of famous people, and some of those quotes simply contradicted Scripture and the truth of Scripture. Others of them were quite accurate. And one that I believe accurately reflects the teaching of the Word of God was by a man named John Wooden. Some of you will immediately know who that is, and others will not even care who that is. But he was one of the greatest coaches in basketball history. And he made this statement to his basketball players. Be more concerned with your character than with your reputation, because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. (laughs) We should be concerned about who we really are, our character. And who are we? We're the children of God. We should care about that, and we should reflect that in everything that we do in this life. The virtue that we want to consider this morning from the Scriptures is the virtue of diligence, to be diligent. God wants us to be characterized by diligence, And as we've considered with all of the characteristics that we've looked at so far and that we will look at, 
this virtue of diligence is not just in spiritual things, but if we are truly characterized by diligence, we will also be diligent in the natural duties of life. These things also manifest themselves in things that people say, well, that has nothing to do with church or spirituality. Everything about you is a reflection on the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we do in these bodies, whether word or deed, Paul said, do what? Do all in the name of Jesus. Do all to glorify him. Everything you do at work, at school, in your family, in the neighborhood, in the community, we are to reflect the very life and nature of Jesus Christ. Let's begin in Romans 12, verse 11. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. In this 12th chapter, Paul is giving a list of things. Many of them we'll be looking at in our series. But he's given a list of things that are the marks of a true believer that is living in submission to the will of God's grace. If you're walking in grace, if you're applying grace, these things should be seen in your life. And in the midst of this list, we're going to jump in the middle of it just to get the one that we want to focus on this morning. In verse 11, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now, the definition of the English word diligence is this, having or showing care or conscientiousness in one's work or duties. That's what we understand the English word. Taking care, doing it right in your duties, your responsibilities. Now, the Greek word that's used here that's translated diligence has a similar meaning, although it gives us a little little more rounded understanding of the spiritual virtue of diligence. It means carefulness. And yet, it also means with haste, not hurry, but haste, promptness. It has to do with an earnestness to accomplish, to promote, to strive for anything. The word translated lagging before, not lagging in diligence, that word in the Greek means don't be tardy. Don't be tardy. So the Bible teaches us that the believer in Christ is to be characterized by promptness, earnest care for the details necessary to accomplish any and every task successfully. That's what we're talking about. This is what God wants to develop in you and in me. And since Christ is in me, no matter what my natural personality is, and a lot of people, (laughs) they fight me on this, but Brother Doug, that's just my personality. Your personality is different. No, we're not talking about our personalities. We're talking about the life of Christ. I have it. You have it. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Word of God is powerful to change us and transform us. So I have no excuse. You have no excuse, except for we don't really want God to do this for us. But I want to be everything God wants me to be. And we all fall short of these from time to time. But this is why we praise the grace of God. The grace of God will take you where you are and put you back on the road to doing what's right in his sight. But do you want this? Are you paying attention to the exhortation? We are to be characterized by promptness and earnest care to the details that are necessary to accomplish everything God wants us to accomplish, both in spiritual endeavors and in our natural endeavors. Now, the opposite of being diligent is to be lazy, negligent, careless, tardy. Now, we all have had moments of carelessness, I have. Sometimes you'll see me working on something, and all of a sudden you'll hear me say, Douglas! That's because I was probably careless about something. 
overlooked an instruction or forgot to do a step. We've all had moments of carelessness and tardiness for a lot of different reasons. If you live in this uh, metropolitan area, you're going to be tardy from time to time for many different reasons. But we're not talking about the occasional lapses here. We're talking about being characterized by diligence. And that means when someone is looking or needing a task to be done, do they look at you and characterize you as one who will be diligent to get it accomplished promptly, correctly, on time, and successfully? Is that how people characterize you? Sadly, there's a lot of God's people that I'm simply not going to ask them to do some things, not only in the spiritual realm, certainly. There's a lot I won't ask to do that. But there's some just natural things. There's no sense of asking them. They're not going to be diligent about it. More importantly, how does your Lord and Savior look at you, your master? Does he characterize you by diligence? Can he trust you to do what he's asked you to do, to do it earnestly, to do it on time, and to do it successfully? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. James 1. God expects his children to walk diligently in all the good works that he's ordained that we should walk in. And if we're going to do that, we need to be prompt to hear and to do the word of God. James 1, 19 to 25. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear. That's part of diligence. Quick to hear it. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Here are some instructions to be followed, some details that we need to be careful to listen to. And receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save, deliver your souls. But be doers of the word. Get it done. Not by your strength, not by your wisdom, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the Christ life within you. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. That's not diligence. That's just laziness. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Do you want the fullness of God's blessing in this life and eternity, we need to be diligent in every task, responsibility that we are given. When we read in God's word that he wants us to do something, whether it be as simple as reading his word, praying, assembling ourselves together, giving to his work or the ministry, ministering to the needs of the saints, either physically or monetarily or whatever's needed, when he ask us to do something in his word or by the leading of the Holy Spirit, are we prompt to respond to that? Prompt to obey and to accurately fulfill all the instructions that he's given us? We need to ask ourselves that because that's what diligence is. That's the standard that's going to be used when we stand before the the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. Many believers are not diligent to understand or obey the will of God. Because they're not not careful to listen to the instruction or to even look for the instruction. 2 Timothy 2, verses 15 and 16. If I'm going to be diligent to do what God's asked me to do, I need to listen to the instructions. 
I need to read the manual. 2 Timothy 5.15, be diligent. The King James translates this Greek word as study. That's because part of being diligent is studying the details. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Some of God's servants, some of God's people, some of his children are going to be ashamed at the judgment seat of Christ. When Jesus comes, I don't want to feel shame. Rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting it straight, cutting it right, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. When I first started in carpentry, I was a framer, and I was cutting some, those who don't know the terms, that's fine, I'll use them in case you know them, but I was cutting some some trim two-by-fours to put in a doorway. And I was rushing through it because they, you know, they want you to keep moving. So I was kind of rushing through it. And I wasn't being real careful to cut the end of it straight. But I'd put it up there and nail it up there. Pretty soon the boss comes by and looks at it and says, "Uh, you want to pull those nails out and take that down? Uh, I said, why? He didn't cut it straight. The details. I wasn't paying attention to the details. He says that matters. That could cause the header to shift and then the sheetrock breaks and there are consequences if you don't cut it straight. The same is true with the Word of God, saints. This is why we study the Word of God. It's not just so people think, oh, you, you know, you just want to show how much you know. No. God wants me to know these things so that there aren't consequences in this life or in eternity for my life. So I need to be diligent in listening to the instructions. The, the Greek word translated diligent in this passage, it means to use speed to make effort to be prompt and earnest. It has the thought of endeavoring to labor and therefore to study so that it's done right. Is it really that important to be prompt to obey the word of God? Promptness. Many people make the mistake of putting off surrendering their will to the will of God and put off following his instruction for their life. I've heard people make these statements. I'll live for God and serve him when I'm older. Young people. That's for old people. Oh, that's good. I believe it. I believe it. And when I get older, I'm going to be just like Brother Doug, Brother Freestone. Or I've heard this one. I'll start going to church when I have more time and energy. I'm just too tired right now and too busy making a living. They know the will of God and they agree with it. Yeah, that's good. But I'll put it off. I'll give to the work of the Lord when I have more money. But right now I just can't. Proverbs 24 gives us some wisdom about being prompt. Warns us about the dangers of being lazy putting off following his instruction for your life. You think putting off obedience to the will of God for your life till sometime later is the wise thing for you to get the best out of life. That's what you think when God's people put off doing the will of God. But the opposite is true. And we see that in the lazy man in Proverbs 24, verse 30. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. If we are not diligent concerning our spiritual life, 
and knowing and applying God's instruction to every area, our family, our job, our friends, the local assembly, knowing God's instruction about all those relationships and living according to them promptly, earnestly applying them to our life. If we don't do that, and I've seen it illustrated in so many lives of Christians, that one day they suddenly have a rude awakening about how spiritually poor they really are. And that spiritual poverty affects every other aspect of life, even the non-spiritual areas, natural relationships. Spiritual poverty affects everything. And it happens just by a little neglect. Oh, I'll just take a little little rest here. I'll get up and, and do what the Lord wants me to do in just a little bit. But right now, I just, I'm just going to rest a little bit. Folding of the hands. And then all of a sudden, you wake up, and there's no fruit in your life. It's all weeds. It'll all be burnt. You stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and there's nothing worthy of his reward. That is a shame. And it doesn't need to happen. Not to you, not to me, not to any of God's children. Because his grace has made a provision to teach me to be diligent. Second Corinthians 8. The Apostle Paul, here in this passage, rebuked the Corinthians who had expressed a desire to contribute to the offering that he was taking for the poor saints in in Jerusalem. And the Corinthians said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. We'll do that. Next time you're in town, Paul, we'll we'll have a collection ready for you and we'll, we'll give it to you. Well, they kept putting it off. They kept procrastinating. And they never did follow through. They knew that that was the will of God for them. The, the Lord had laid it on their heart to do it. They knew that's what God wanted. They were willing to do it. But well, not, not today. Maybe next week would be better. So what does Paul say in 2 Corinthians 8? So we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well, this offering. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also, because in this area, you're not being diligent. Verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Others have been prompt. Others have been careful to see to it that that this offering was taken and ready when Paul was ready for it so the saints could benefit from it. Procrastination, and I define that as putting off, fulfilling your obligation, your responsibility, until it's too late to be done carefully, to be done right, and to be done successfully. That's procrastination. Saints, that is not a characteristic that honors the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, in my life. And that's not just spiritual things. It's natural things as well. It's not characteristic of a proven character. So kids, putting off your schoolwork to be done until you can't do it with proper carefulness, to do it right, that's not who you are. You're a child of God. You're to be diligent. Your home chores, I'll get to it eventually. I'm kind of tired now. Home chores, do it promptly. It reflects the nature of God when you're diligent. If you have the habit, young or old, if you have the habit of being tardy, if that's what people think of when the first thing that they think of your name, well, they're going to be late because they're always late. And you say, well, that's nobody's business but mine. Well, 
If you make somebody wait on you and it inconveniences what they're doing, I'm sorry. You're not being kind. You're not being loving. You're not having a character that reflects the life of Jesus Christ. You're being rude, inconsiderate, and selfish. This is, I told you we're getting down to brass tacks here. We're to be characterized by diligence. That means promptness. Proverbs 22. The Bible, in my personal experience, tells me that lazy people are experts at making excuses for and justifying their lack of diligence in both spiritual matters and natural ones. They can come up with some doozies. Proverbs twenty-two thirteen. I don't want to be like this. And I'll tell you, it's my nature as much as anybody else's. But I have a new nature, and that's the one I want to yield to. Proverbs 22 and verse 13. The lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. I can't go do what I'm supposed to do. I can't go to work. I can't do what needs to be done because there's, there's danger out there. Too many obstacles in life for me to, to be the kind of Christian God wants me to be. Laziness will cause you to imagine all kinds of reasons why you can't do what you're supposed to do. But even if the obstacles are real, and sometimes they are, but even if the obstacles are real, even if there is a lion out there, if it's the will of God for you to do something, there's nothing and no one that can stand between you and obedience to the will of God. First Peter, let's read about our lion. We do have a lion out there. First Peter 5, but he can't keep me from doing the will of God. First Peter 5, therefore humble yourselves. This is First Peter 5 and verses 6 to 11. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Don't forget the first step. Recognize your weakness. Recognize you have nothing to boast in. Recognize you have no strength or talent to do what needs to be done. And you humble yourself and you cast yourself on the grace of God that will supply everything you need. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Well, how do I do that? Steadfast in the faith. Believe what God says about you, about your circumstance, about your situation. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace. Do you see how this obedience and grace are so interwoven? You can't have one without the other. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. If it's the will of God for you to do something, whether it be a spiritual obligation or whether there's something in the natural that he has given you a responsibility, if it's the will of God, not even Satan can keep you from fulfilling that obligation. Trust him. Don't make the excuse of the lazy person. Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20 and verse 4. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. It's too cold out. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. Oh, how'd that happen? How comes there's no crops? Well, you didn't do the work when it was time to do the work. You weren't diligent to suffer hardship in order to reap the harvest. Many believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and discovered that they're disapproved from receiving the reward. They'll be disqualified. 1 Corinthians 9 tells us that. They weren't willing to put in the work. They weren't willing to be disciplined. 
to be diligent. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it? And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. That's part of the, the thought as well in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, not carelessly, but paying attention to what's necessary to be successful. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Disqualified from what? From that highest, closest place to the Lord Jesus Christ in eternity. Paul wasn't worried about losing his salvation. That's eternal, eternal life. But there is a disqualification when God's people refuse to let the Spirit of God develop in them these characteristics of godliness. The time to put in the work and the sacrifice to win the race is right now. Not at the end of the race. Say, oh, I don't have enough stamina. I don't have what it takes. Put in the work now. The training. We won't turn there, but in Matthew 25, verses 24 to 29, we have the parable of the talents. Five and two and one talent. And here we see that some even attempt to blame God for their laziness. Well, I don't go to church or try to live the Christian life because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've heard that excuse over the years a number of times. Oh, the church is full of hypocrites and I don't want to be another one. I know it's too hard to please God because he's so holy and so I don't even try. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry if you don't want to be what God called you to be because you don't want to be a hypocrite. You're already a hypocrite because a hypocrite is someone who pretends to be something they're not. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a child of God. And you have everything you need to be victorious in life. If you'll just take the provision of his grace. Don't blame your laziness on God. This is what the the man with one talent did. He said, said, Master, I know you're tough. And so I, I didn't want to disappoint you. So I just buried what you gave me and here it is. No interest or anything. I know you invested in me and, and I have nothing to show for it, but at least you have this, because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> Was the master pleased with his servant? No. He said, you're lazy. You're wicked. If you're a child of God and you put off living a godly life because you're afraid of being a hypocrite, well, you already are. Let God change you. You don't have to be afraid of failure. Remember that a part of the definition, the biblical definition of diligence is not only promptness, but carefulness. Paying attention to detail. You say, well, Brother Doug, that's not my personality. I'm not talking about your personality. I'm talking about the life of Christ in you. Some people rush to do the will of God without fully understanding the instructions of the will of God. They're not diligent to carefully follow the full revelation of the word of God. How many have uh, taken when we were in school... I think I remember that far back. And I remember this, this, the pain of this. How many have ever taken a test and you are just confident, man, I aced that thing. And you get the test back and it is just full of red marks. All of the, the answers you thought you got right, you got wrong. And you know why? Because you didn't follow the instructions. You thought you knew. It's not that, that you didn't want to do the test or you weren't quick to hand it in. But you didn't follow the instructions. Diligence involves carefully listening and following instructions. We won't turn there either, but if you want to jot down 1 Samuel in chapter 15, you remember the account where Samuel 
was told by God to completely destroy the Amalekites and not leave anything alive. And then when Saul, when the prophet Samuel came and he began to rebuke Saul for not obeying the will of God, Saul said, I obeyed the will of God. I did what he wanted me to do. And Samuel said, no, you left alive the king. I told you not to leave anybody alive. I told you not to leave any of the animals alive. And now I hear all these animals bleeding. What's that about? You didn't follow the instructions. You thought you did. You were quick to do it. But saints, being prompt is different than rushing. Being prompt simply means that you're on time and that you are on schedule to get it done successfully on time. Rushing in involves carelessness, and that does not honor the Lord. Verse 22 says, As the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed the fat of rams. Obedience to all of his instruction. Remember when Moses was severely rebuked by God? When God told him to speak to the rock, and instead he hit the rock? Details matter, saints, especially in spiritual things. There are some people that rush in to love. Well, I know it's the will of God to love people, and so I'm going to love people. And they rush in, and they end up being an abler for people to continue in sin because they didn't follow the instructions. Do you realize sometimes to love God's people according to his instruction, you need to separate from them? How can that be? Well, that's part of the details you need to pay attention to. Yes, it's the will of God to love one another. But he gives us some pretty clear instructions. We need to be careful to love, but according to his will. Also in Joshua 1, if you want to jot down verses 6 through 9 of Joshua 1, God had a task for Joshua to do, to accomplish. But if he was going to be successful, he was going to have to follow all the instructions that God gave. And several times in this passage, he he uses this phrase, that you may observe to do according to all the law that was given Moses, to all that was written, not just pick and choose what you want, but to all of God's instruction. We have been given a mission as the ambassadors of Christ to proclaim the ministry of reconciliation. In Acts 20, verses 26 and 27, the Apostle Paul said this, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Now we use that term all the time. and We often get criticized for all the time harping on doctrine and sound doctrine and and knowing the Bible, and teaching the Bible, and oh, you're just a broken record. We need to be diligent. I can't be diligent to bring honor to the Lord if I'm not careful to listen to the whole counsel of God. I can't accomplish what needs to be accomplished apart from the loving, wise instruction of God. Too many Christians pick and choose what they want to believe and proclaim from the Bible, but we are to embrace we are to proclaim the whole counsel of God. Second Peter 1, verses 2 to 11. For some you may think, I don't know, that diligence, it sounds, it sounds too hard. <laughs> the wonderful thing about this is there's not one of us here that can't be characterized by this virtue. Well, I, I should qualify that. There's not anyone here who is a believer in Jesus Christ who cannot be characterized by this virtue. Because God will do the work. We simply have to be willing to surrender our will to his will. 
In this passage, we won't read it for time's sake, but verse 5, if you want to jump in there, verse 5. But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue or courage, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, and the list goes on. And jump down to verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be diligent to add these things. And when it tells you to be diligent to add them, it's really telling you be diligent just to let God do that work in you. Surrender. May we desire and allow the Lord to develop this trait in us. May we be earnest in all of our responsibilities, spiritual first and foremost, but also in all of your natural obligations so that you properly reflect the life of Christ to the world that they can see Jesus in you. May we be earnest and prompt and careful to follow the instructions that we might be successful in doing what God has called us to do. He'll do the work. We must desire it. We must yield to it.